0: Blob Talk Radio
1: Intelligent Controversial Groundbreaking The great liberators are coming Hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White take on all topics intrinsic to the black experience No topic is too cold or too hot Now, here are the great liberators, Amiri Brown and Kenya White. Hello.
2: Okay, you press one, so you must be able to hear me. Hello? Yeah, Deshaun? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Hold. You know what? Hold on one second. Hold on.
1: It's three of us on the line. Yes, can you hear me? You know what, hold on one second, hold
2: on. Hello? Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so you can hear me? Yes. Okay, all right, how you doing, what's your name?
1: This is Brown
2: Baby Dal. I'm doing good. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, what's on your mind? All right. How you doing? What's
1: your name? My name, my, well, my name is Erica, but I go by Brown Baby Dal online.
2: <laughs> okay. So, let me ask you this. Can you hear, like, when you're listening on YouTube, can you hear um, the blog talk site? Um, let me okay. see. So let me ask you this. Can you hear, like, when you're
1: listening okay. to I hear what you saying here, and then I hear it again on line. I'm hearing what you saying on the phone, and then it repeats.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to. You, you got to turn. You got to turn your. Um. You got to turn your. Your volume down. Okay. Hold on. Right, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. You got to. You got to turn. You got to
3: turn your. Um. You got to turn your.
2: Your volume down. Hold on. We're going We're okay. gonna, we gonna. get. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get it right, guys. Hold on. Just bear with me. This is my first can time doing this. Yeah, I can hear you.
1: Okay, I hear
2: it a lot better now. Okay. All right, guys. Hold on. bear with me. so so what's on your mind?
1: Well, I was calling cuz you know, I wanted to see what the topic was about and all we got so far is is black men men.
2: Right, hold on cuz I'm still hearing I'm still hearing um uh,
1: should I turn it down on my phone or on cuz I'm on my yeah, phone yeah,
2: phone yeah. Phone. No, no, you should be you should be able to hear me. See, they, Remy said they can't hear the caller. Okay, can you Damn, hear and I don't know
1: why.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can hear you, but they. What? Well, see, the chat room can't yeah, hear. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. No, no, you, should be, you should be able to hear me. See, they, Remy said they can't hear the caller. They still can't hear anything. I don't know then. <laughs> well, what's on your mind? what's on we, We'll chop it up right quick. What's on your mind?
1: Um. well, I was trying to see what you know exactly what the topic was going to be about well, you know are black men men, and there's right. a lot of um there's a lot of different ways you know we can look at what that and so, you know I say right. at this point what i what I'm saying you know i'm thirty uh, six years old. Mm-hmm. I have a 19 year old son. He just graduated high school, and a 17 year old daughter. She's um, in the National Guard. She's in boot camp. And <sighs> I say no. I I'm not mm. I'm not as far as black right. men being. I'm not saying that. Um.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah. They are saying
1: what they saying. Can they hear me?
2: No, they can't hear you. But I think let me see, 'cause I think they have to they have to open up um blog they have to log into the blog site blog talk site too. On youtube? Um hold on. They can't hear you, I Maybe I can go out and check
3: in. Up,
2: um, blog they have to log on to
3: the blog site. Blog talk site too.
1: Um Well I'm um you, I'm gonna hang up and then
2: Okay.
1: And see what we can do from there and see if we can come back in once we figure this out.
2: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I got I okay. got a tech person on, on on in the um on my phone trying to tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. All right. Okay. Okay, um so so I I think what y'all have to do guys. I think y'all have to. um, I think y'all. I think y'all have to go in. Y'all have to log into the Blog Talk site. Okay. Yeah. See, Remy says she can hear. So y'all gonna have to open into the Blog Talk site. You know what? Let me get the link. I'm. I'm gonna post the link in the chat room. I don't understand. Oh, I know what it is. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm gonna. Um. I'm gonna get the link. And I'm going to post it in in the chat room, so hold on one second. let me get the link and all you have to do is open it open it, open it in another tab on 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 your device and that will um sure, Okay, Remy did it for me. Thank you, Remy, because I don't know what I'm doing with that. All right, all right now let me go to the blog. Talk, cause I, I have some good information that I want to bring out that I want to show, but I'm trying to get everything situated. Um, call us 704. I'm bringing you on. I don't know if this is you. Well, let me bring Jonathan on first because I know who that is. Yeah, Jonathan?
3: Yo, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Oh, Nothing much, man, nothing much.
2: Okay, so, 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 oh, yeah. you know that... Yeah, you know the topic. The topic for tonight is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sh- Sharia Johnson, you should be able to open. You should be able to run one tab open on YouTube and one tab open on Blog Talk. But um, and you and you know the calling number is six four six five six four nine eight five eight. But you know, Jonathan, the topic for tonight is: Are Black men men? And I think that that is a a pertinent question. You know what i'm saying it's a, yeah. it's, a, per- yeah, it's, a it's a right it's a very pertinent question and the reason why i i decided to have this impromptu um you know show is because you know I, a, a, a video came up in my feed that was talking about me and my you know my my um running with b g s in the manosphere, and what we okay. have to understand is that what what a lot of these black men do is they use the word they they use the term feminism and feminist to deflect from from their abject failure as men and that is just and that is just the reality so anytime we talk about what black what black men haven't done and aren't doing effectively they'll automatically deflect deflect to feminism and to and to feminists you see what i'm saying that is a way yeah, to try and saying, yeah right to try and insulate themselves from taking accountability for, for our collective failure. You see what I'm saying? These issues that I talk about and that I speak about has nothing to do with feminist or feminism. All that indicates to me is that you have had feminists speaking truth to power when it comes to these issues for a long time now. But what they do is they use that as an excuse to dismiss the critique. And that's something that I told BJ the uh triple j i mean big j triple x whatever his name is a few weeks ago when he was talking about cynthia g and, and he talking about how she's divisive and i said no what's divisive is is black men's refusal to accept any critique levied against them we always deflect we always have an excuse and and and, and, and that is the major issue right now there it, there, there is right, right. a dearth of black male accountability within the black community, within the black family, within the black family dynamic, and we and we create all these tropes to hide the truth. Now, I issued a challenge a few weeks ago to the black male sector of YouTube that that love to bash black women, and that and and that challenge was let's let's discuss let's have a discussion on black manhood because the fact of the matter is this is that. Any form of manhood that does not include within it protecting and providing for the women and the children effectively is not manhood. Period.
3: You're right, true, Fact.
2: You see what I'm saying? This thing yep. where we we wanna we want to quantify our, our manhood by virtue of our maleness. And and, and and nothing could be further from the truth. And another thing that another thing that they try and do and that they like to do is try and quantify their manhood by virtue of their um, their masculinity, because there's this sense that if we up the level of masculinity, we're automatically upping the level of increasing the level of manhood and nothing could be further from the truth. Those are two entirely different dynamics. Masculinity is a strength dynamic. Manhood is a power dynamic you know what i'm saying but um just give me just give me your your thoughts on it on on it briefly cuz i got to um i got I to i'm have i got a guest tonight brother design i got to bring him on um so just give me give me your thoughts right quick
3: well as far as my thoughts i feel like manhood and um i feel like it's all a mindset you know uh mm-hmm. drifting in our bodies our mind and overall what's going on around us and being aware being aware and being self-conscious you know yeah. I just feel like I just feel that it's more than just working, uh working, paying bills, stuff like that. It's all about mm-hmm. helping the people, building people around you, lifting children, teaching them and being in right. being in the homes, teaching them, studying with them and treating them
2: like they need to be preparing oh. for the next generation, you know? Right, right. Um, okay, yeah, and, and appreciate, I appreciate your call, but I gotta bring Design on because he he's not gonna have a lot of time tonight, so I gotta bring him on. Okay, all right,
3: man. All right, thanks, all right. thanks for the call. All
2: right, I'm bringing you on now, Design. Yeah, um, Design. Yeah, I can, can hear me? you. What's what's? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on, brother?
4: Nothing, brother. Just chilling, relaxing, you know, just um, taking one day at a time. That's all.
2: Right, right. Um, I mean, I, that's all any of us could do. But, you know, as I was just explaining to, you know, to Jonathan, you know, there's, you know, I, I understand that the things that I say are, are highly, are highly unpopular. Because the reality is, is that the, you know, the record of of us as black men is it's not a stellar record. It's not a stellar record when it's it not. comes mm-hmm. to. You know, in in terms of providing and protecting, but I think that it is it is important and it is it is needful for us to you know tell the truth and 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 to be brutally honest and to face uh you know to face the ugliness about ourselves as a male collective and and it's something I talk about all the time. That, and the truth of the matter is that as a male collective, we are weak and we and we haven't. Um, you know, we haven't gotten the job done and, and I understand everything about institutional systemic racism and white supremacy, but at the end of the day, if we ever plan on getting ourselves out from under this, um, you, you know, this oppressive system, then eventually we're going to, we're going to have to be effective. We're going to have to do something effectively. We can't just continue to make excuses and to want to, um, you you know be graded on a curve when it comes to when it comes to what manhood is. Um, you know, very briefly, just just give me your um you know, your your assessment of the black the black, you know, manhood dynamic right now and what would be your working definition of black manhood because you know, that's the topic for the night. The topic is are black men men?
4: All right. I like to sound on that because I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. Yes black manhood is very ineffective in this society. I mean, considering the fact of, um, you see on BET rap videos where you see the men um, objectifying (laughs) their women. Right. And you you also hear it in the rap songs where the men are degrading and objectifying the women by calling them bitches and hoes. Right. And the men are not um, respecting their women and protecting their women. But right. also, we got to look at the historical origins of why the men suspect they women, and why the black men perform to a lot of these racist stereotypes they place on the black men. Mm-hmm. Such
3: as the black
4: group stereotypes, where they they pr- projected the black man as being um, violent, being hypersexual, hypermasculine. They were mm-hmm. doing it to protect protect the chastity of the white woman. For so the black woman has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with. Why men are not men. So we have to stop using our women as a as a deflection on why we're not handling our business as men. Right. Because it was it was systematically set up for the man to be in a in a weak powerless situation that he's in right now.
3: Because right. I know
4: you heard of the of the um, term "buck breakers. During right. Bump where breaking. the, the
3: mm-hmm.
4: where the where the white male slave owners were raped the most defiant black man in front of these women and child to keep the rest of the slaves from defying. Right. So we have to go back and understand why the man conducts himself the way he does instead of blaming our women and using our women as a cop-out to why we're not handling our business.
2: Mm. Exactly. You know, that's... um. You know, that's exactly right, man. Um. But, you know, eventually you know, what it's going to take is, it's going to take for us to get past um, those psychological and mental blocks. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and and, and I mean, that's really what it's going to boil down to at the end of the day. And it's something I speak speak about a lot is how that there is this sense of calling that goes on for, you know, for for black men. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, um i'm I, in a little while cuz you know one of the one of the historians and the scholars that i often reference when when we talk about you know the black family date uh breakdown um mm-hmm. you know and in, in issues of, in issues like this is e franklin Frazier, the great sociologist e franklin Frasier. um and he mm-hmm. has you know a couple of chapters in his book the negro family in america that was uh that he, i think it was written in 1932 because it's something that a lot of brothers talk about. They talk about how that, you know, the black community is a matriarchy and some even venture to say that it's always been a matriarchy. And no. you know, nothing nothing could be further from the truth when we look at uh the historical uh the historical record. Because even I think the most glaring glaringly obvious um you know debunker of that of that concept is the fact that black men Got the right to vote. Got suffrage rights before not only black women but also white women. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? They 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 mm-hmm. got their suffrage rights before white before white women. Now, if if you don't mind, I want you to go to um you know go to YouTube because I'm streaming it live on YouTube and um you know click on it because I'm going to show um like I said I have the receipts and I'm I'm, I'm going to share I'm going to do the screen share and you'll be able to see what I'm reading. And Let me see if and, I can get on
4: there because I don't really have internet access like that. So
2: okay, all right. Um, okay. But I, but you know I want to I want to I wanna thank you for for calling in. And again, the call number is six four six five six four nine eight five eight. You know, I would like to
4: make a point. I also like to make a ahead. point before I leave. Um, because there's another thing in the black and, and uh, as far as accountability is concerned, that us black men also need to step up in. And that's also. Mm. Um, helping like mentor, mentoring, mentoring the, the young black boys right. to be proper men, because a lot right. of these black boys are growing up without fathers and they don't have the proper male guidance to help mm-hmm. them thrive to be what right. they can be. So that's why right. that's my point. We need more male mentors in the community that can mm-hmm. that can these boys can look up to as role models. Right,
2: right. That you know that's that's um. That's absolutely you know correct, and I think you know, ultimately right now, um, because something I always give my working definition of manhood, and that is the ability of a male to execute his will and his purpose, and that's why I said mm-hmm. that you know, any form of manhood that does not include within it protecting and providing for the women and the children is not manhood. You know what I'm saying? Period. And no, that's sure. why I, you know, that's why I named the topic of the show tonight, but I named it are black men, men, because I think if we look at reality, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, too many black men, you know, have difficulty doing that. And that is the thousand pound gorilla and elephant in the room, because check this out design, even when talking about the morning, and everybody loves the Loves to tout the Moynihan report and use it as an indictment Mm -hmm. against you know black women, but what they but what we ignore is the fact that the recommendations that Daniel Patrick Moynihan made within um, the Moynihan report that could help you know you know stabilize the black family and restore the black family Mm -hmm. largely ignored by Lyndon Baines Johnson. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They, They ignored those recommendations. And matter of fact, what they did went in the opposite direction because they they came with Nixon's war on drugs and began to funnel black men into prison. Uh they backed mm-hmm. that up with Ronald Reagan and um the Reagan Revolution which gutted affirmative action, which um mm-hmm. demonized uh black women as welfare queens and pumped crack cocaine with you know, into our communities and they even created Rex A four. You see what I'm saying? Then they followed mm-hmm. that up with um, the Clinton crime bill, which put the cherry on top yeah. when it came to mass incarceration. And all of those, those three things, that trifecta is what actually served to destabilize the black community and the black family more than anything else. It was those three things working in tandem. And there's something else too yeah. that we ignore too. When we talk mm-hmm. about, um, we have this thing where we want to nostalgize, you know, the 1940s, the 1950s in that time period. But what we ignore is that during the Great Depression, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt he enacted all these sweeping reforms, um, you know, to to stimulate uh, the economy. And it was through those reforms that you had the creation of the middle class, or, or what we call the white middle class. Prior yep. to to that, most white Americans were broke. That's why they were in yep, the cities. They were broke. They were in the they were, they were in the cities, and they were living off of wealth. They was living off of welfare, and um, you know, and, and living in the projects. You know, public public housing, subsidized housing. Now, I, I just misspoke. Mm-hmm. They what they weren't on welfare. Welfare actually got enacted because of the Great Depression, aid to de, you know mm-hmm. aid to dependent uh to dependent children. Mm-hmm. But it you know it was through those reforms that you had the creation of. Uh, of the black middle class and the post-World War II economy which was the greatest expansion of wealth that has ever um, taken place on the face of the planet and that's what created the American middle class and despite the fact that, uh, that black men were you know fighting in World War One, they fought in World War Two, they fought in the Korean War, they were they were systematically kept away from those benefits that helped create the white middle class. So when it came to the VA bill, when it came to I mean the the GI Bill, the VA home loans, the FHA home loans, they were cut off from that. And so what we have to understand yeah. is that in the in the nineteen thirty five to roughly the nineteen sixties The crushing weight of the depression was still, you know, on black men, on the black family. And that is what helped to cause the family to disintegrate. By the time we get to the 1960s, the damage is already done. The damage is already done. The wealth gap that we talk about right now was was essentially created within that time period. Within that time period, this is what that, that when they had that great expansion of wealth and black people were systematically cut off from that wealth. They were cut off from that wealth. You know, they were redlined into into in into ghettos. They were systematically cut off from um you know from 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 business loans, uh home loans and and, and you know all those different programs. And so there was a cumulative effect and, and, and also too, during that time period, uh, you know, you had, you had desertion going on what we call poor man's desertion, where the crushing weight of unemployment and poverty was so great that many men just left the family, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, in a, in, in a certain, you know, aspect, and in a certain sense, it was better for them to go. You see what I'm saying? So we have to understand the way these things played out, and I and, and even because you know, like you have people like Tommy Sotomayor, right? And Tommy Sotomayor mm-hmm. talk about how they took the man out the home, and you have these other other guys who will say, well, black woman put the man out the home in welfare because they don't even really understand the the, the yeah. debate that this, you know, that these these concepts are taking place in. What we're really talking about when we talk about that, we're we're talking about the effects of public policy on the family structure. And that is the mm-hmm. question. Did those policies like welfare, like public housing, help to undermine the formation of of nuclear families, especially within the urban within the urban city centers and things like that? You see what I'm saying? That is the re- that is exactly. the real question when we talk about that. When we talk about that issue and that's what you know like like uh, um time is so that's something that he'll say he'll say things like well the government subsidized broken homes and like to me that is a ridiculous assertion it is utterly yeah, ridiculous yeah. and i and i and i made this point um to someone a couple of days ago and i was and I, and i'm and i'm like saying that the government subsidized Broken homes and children being born out of wedlock is like saying that the government subsidized Hurricane Katrina Katrina victims to stay in the eye of a hurricane five category storm. The fact of the matter is that is 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 that those people couldn't couldn't afford to leave, had nothing. See, because that's the that like that is the thought process. Like saying, well, they decided to stay because they knew eventually the government was going to come help them because of FEMA. That's so the government subsidized them to stay there in, to stay there in the eye of that storm. No. Nobody wants to be poor. Whether they're poor of their own volition or whether they are poor whether they're subsidized to be poor, nobody wants to be poor. You nobody. see what I'm saying? And I like to
3: inter-
4: Go ahead. Because um also in 1935 1935- Go ahead. Um, they were farmers and domestic workers. And right. Domestic workers and farmers were excluded from the 1935 Social Security Act. So, mm-hmm. black folks were, were were excluded from the benefits of this government, from subsidized housing and so forth. So, right. and also we have to take into account the 1970s when they deindustrialized the, the city, too.
2: Mm-hmm. That put a lot of exactly. black
4: families out of work.
2: So right, right.
4: It was it was all it was already
2: systematically. I c I can't hear you, dejean You trailed off.
4: Oh, my fault. I said that it was already systematically set up for black poverty in this country. So saying that welfare and saying that they, the black man was forced out of his home and he was ostracized out of his home is really a deflection and a cop out for what mm-hmm. public policy administered.
3: administers. Right.
2: Right, and you know this is something that you that you and I talk about a lot. Like when it comes to the things that that Dr. Claude Anderson says, when he like when he 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 you know he he pushes this idea and this notion of black capitalism, um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know functioning as a check against white supremacy, and, and 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 that's something that you and I talk about a lot. And 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 that is you know utterly false. That is a false you know a false assertion. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's like mm-hmm. saying that's like saying because you know even, you know, prior to uh the emancipation of the of the slaves, there were there were there were there were roughly 3777 black slave owners. That's like saying black slavery is a check against white supremacy. Like it's the same concept. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It is the same con. it is the same concept and it, and and that, that was something that you you know, your Vet Carnell, she she broke it down. And she said um, that when we look at the condition of the the condition of the community, it's mm-hmm. a failure of gov- it's a failure of government, and that is absolutely well, yeah. and that is absolutely true. How are we as um, you know as as um, citizens of the government or of of the country going to going to fix a problem that the government created? This is about this exactly. is about public policy and government policy and that was the mm-hmm. point that Martin Luther King that Martin Luther King was making in his book um where do we go from here chaos chaos our community you know what i'm saying this idea of aggregating black dollars um to restore and, re- and, re- and rebuild um our communities you know what i'm saying is that is that really viable you see what i'm saying exactly. is that is that really is that really viable you know that's something that they call it day. you know they'll call it um group equality economics and then they'll call it um you know others like Tariq Nasheed would call it black empowerment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but there, the but the fact
4: yes, go ahead. And also um in, in Mercer Baradaran's book The Color of Money, she was saying mm-hmm. that it was it was Richard Nixon that pushed black capitalism to undermine black resistance. So it exactly. was a counter it, asked, it basically was countering the black power movement. So Exactly Nixon was pushing black capitalism, basically putting the blame of poverty on the people that were impoverished.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's, it goes back to the, see, we got to understand that all these things are interrelated and interconnected. Excuse me. Hold on. Excuse me. All these things are interrelated and interconnected because a lot of what, like, what Tommy Sotomayor says, Minister Japson is, um, uh, you know, well, basically all of them say that is the conservative view. That is the view of the conservative and what the conservatives have effectively done. They were able to make the condition of the black, these black, you know, urban areas and the black community, they were able to make it a product of the black, the, the state of the black family. When the fact of the matter is that the state of the black family is actually a product of the environment. It's a product of there not being any jobs in those, in those cities, in those areas. It's a pro. it's a product of those areas being overrun with overrun with crime and overrun with drugs. You see what I'm saying? That is that mm-hmm. is, is the, is the reality, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that was, and that was one of the knocks against, you know, Moynihan's, um, you know, his assessment in the report, because for the first time, it, it, it like it reversed the pathology. You see what I'm saying? Because, you know, prior to that social scientists understood that, uh, you know, that, that, that these pathologies are result of poverty and not poverty, a result of the pathology. So in other words, the family disintegration and dissolution is a product of the impoverishment, it is not the cause of the impoverishment. You see what I'm saying? And so, what they were able to do, they were able to make the impoverishment of black people a result of a moral failing on the part of black people, as opposed to it actually being a result of a system of institutional and structural imbalance and racism and disenfranchisement. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and this is why exactly. this is something that
4: they. Right, go ahead. And um, I have to read a little excerpt from um, Barada Ron's book. She said okay. in her epilogue, self-help microfinance cannot overcome macro inequality and systemic systemic racism. Policy mm. makes, makers have been placing the weight and responsibility of centuries of wealth inequality on these tiny economic engines, and the results have been failure and frustration." Banks reflect Mm -hmm. the economic conditions of a community. They cannot Mm -hmm. change them. Yet we continue to rely on black banks to control the black Mm -hmm. dollars, to empower Mm -hmm. the community, to sow prosperity. This is a Mm -hmm. fundamental understanding of what banks do. So all the people pushing that trope and notion that black banks can come and (laughs) rescue the black community is asinine and preposterous because if the the banks are not getting enough deposits from the community, then the bank is going to fold anyway.
3: So, mm-hmm. pushing
4: the notion that black banks are going
2: to right. come
4: in and save the black
2: community is, is preposterous. Right, right. And, and 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 that is the truth. That that is the reason why black banks have always failed. The reason why black why black banks have always failed is because black banks always catered to a subprime group. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and so what uh, and so what would happen is that the banks would the banks would become over leveraged. They like the bank. The bank would have like say let's say, for example, the black bank would have like 10,000 accounts, right? 10,000 mm-hmm. accounts. But then when you aggregate all the money together from the 10,000 accounts, they only got a million dollars. You see what I'm saying? Because you know how we are as a people niggas that have four or five goddamn accounts and they ain't got three hundred dollars between the five of them. You see what that. I'm saying, and that's what was mm-hmm. happening to the, and, and that's why black banks have always historically failed. And, and not only that mm-hmm. too, that uh, the economist Abram L. Harris, in his book The Negro as Capitalist, he talks about how mm-hmm. that black banks have always been a representation of the of the mulatto class within the black community. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, but I, but I want I want to get back to you know back to to the topic. Because, um, hold on, man, what am I? Okay, I'm gonna have to. I don't know what happened to it, but I, I had my I had my Gmail pulled up. It must have closed. I gotta open my Gmail back up because I I, I emailed myself some um you know some pictures that I took from these two sources that I want to talk about. Um, okay. and 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 these are going to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt whether the whether the black community is a failed patriarchy or it's because understand this too when they when they say that the the black community is a matriarchy what they're really what they're really talking about is the fact that black women have always had to do more they've always had to do had to do more within the family dynamic for the family to exist precisely Mm -hmm. because black men are dominated and controlled by another male group and because that is the reality he is oftentimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, inhibited and restricted from fulfilling his 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 duty and his obligation as protector and provider, which brings us back to the topic: Are black men men? So let me let me let me get that right yep. quick. All right. Um, and, and two of the sources that I'm coming out of, I already talked about one, that's the book from E. Franklin Fra- Frazier. The other one is a book from a sister, you know, a, a scholar. Her name is um. What's her name? T Rahuna. And the name of the book is Bound Out of Wedlock. And it, it you know, it's a um you know, it, it it's a it's a you know, a record of um, you know, the marriage patterns and the family life patterns of, you know, the recently emancipated um black slaves. And I think there are some things in there that are very telling. So let me you know, just let me get that. Okay, I got that opened up. So now all I gotta do, I just gotta I just guys my Let's see. yeah but you know like these guys bgs Manosphere feel like and and that's not to say that bgs and the Manosphere don't bring out you know pertinent information but i think that because they reject they they don't possess the ability to be objective that it 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 stymies um their assessment and, and 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 so because of that it makes it makes them, it makes them um, ineffective and inept when it comes to talking about these issues in ways that are objective to bring a certain level of um, I don't know why it's doing this to bring a certain level of um, you know of of insight and and, and understanding to these issues. Okay, hold well, on, let me see. This, okay, now the, the first thing that I'm going to show this is the this is the cover of the book for those who are interested in in what I'm talking about. This is this is the book right here by Tira W. Hunter. It's called Bound and Wedlock, Slave and Free Black Marriage in the Nineteenth Century. And that is the sort that is one of the source materials that I'm gonna be coming out of, um, that I'm gonna be coming out of tonight. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me get to the next what I want to show. All right, let me see what's this right here. Uh, They're not not in any particular order, so hold on. That's not what I want to show. I don't want to show that. What? Shoot, that ain't it either. Hold on. I... I emailed it to myself before I came on. Wait. You know what? I'm in the wrong. Hold on, let me see this might be it yeah this is it um it's kind of janky though cause I had to take the picture with my phone hold on how you I'm trying to hold on I'm trying to zoom in okay I see where I got to zoom in at I don't know why this is in my way All right, let me zoom in a little bit. All right, it's kind of janky because, you know, I had to take a picture. But it says, outside of the homes, it was difficult and in the context of working at the bottom of agricultural economies, impossible for black men to function as sole or primary breadwinners. At the same time, black families were judged as failing to live up to normative cultural expectations when wives had to take paid work. Although some agents such as Austin French were alert to the racial double standards and sympathetic to the plight of women burdened with the constraints of true womanhood, but denied the privileges. You see that? That's something I always talk about. I always talk talk about the cult of true womanhood, the cult of domesticity. And what that was, was this idea of of a woman being you know, these—it was a Eurocentric concept of a woman being feminine, and that—and that was also rooted in Christian dogma. And what that is saying is that the constraints of the code of true womanhood was put on the sisters, but they—they they didn't enjoy any of the privileges. You see what I'm saying? So, where, so, and 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 what—and those privileges that we're talking about is the same are the same things that white women had to fight for freedom from. So this idea of being of being of being chaste of being a man's peace of being a light of the home of being a good homemaker of being male centered in your psychology and in your in your worldview that is what they're talking about you see what I'm saying that is that mm-hmm. is what they're talking about and the fact of the matter is that for black women they have never had uh, the privilege of um of living up. Of being you know confined to one gender role, they've had to do both precisely because black men have been inhibited from fulfilling their gender role by the dominant male. that is the reality yeah, true you see mm-hmm. what i'm saying and 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 and, and, and mm-hmm. people like b g s obsidian and you know others too, like Minister Jap and Tommy. They're, these these men will totally ignore this, and this is why I say when it when it comes to what we when it comes to the sisters, we're we're very maladaptive when it comes to what the sisters have been through. When it comes to contextualizing the black female experience, and that the failure to do that, I think is what has caused a lot of the vitriol we see right now today. You know, within the political disc—I mean, the the public discourse—as it exists between black men and black women. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna keep reading. It says um, most allies would offer only the dispensation that ex-slaves might look forward to better times in the future, but until then, the needs of commercial agriculture took precedence. So that mean that the women, those sisters, they was doing the things in the household, and they was out there working in the field with the men. You see what I'm saying? But then we'll come mm-hmm. today and talk about how, how our women are masculine. You see what I'm saying? This has been the reality. Then we'll deflect and we'll say, well, it was feminism that made the women, that, that gave women the idea of being, of being strong and independent. No, it's not. It is the reality of, 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 the, of, of the situation that, that we've been in as a people. They've had to be, They've had to be independent because as a dominated male group, Your presence is not a foregone conclusion because you can be killed at any time with impunity. That is the reality that has been the black woman's reality. And so when that is a reality, there's there's only a certain level of stock she can put in your ability, your presence, and then your ability to be effective in your presence. But we'll totally ignore that and then Mm -hmm. demonize the system. You see what I'm saying? Um, Let me let me keep reading. It says, during Reconstruction, the federal government in the form of the Freedmen's Bureau intensified its role as marriage policymaker for ex-slaves. For ex-slaves begun during the Civil War, no other group in U.S. history faced such an aggressive campaign to remake its most intimate relationships to undo not only what the slave states had permitted, but, what the elite landowner class had required in order to safeguard the preeminence of its property rights, the federal government would do all it could to work cooperatively with its erstwhile combatants in this undoing and remaking in may eighteen sixty five Commissioner o o. Howard issued circular um circular five urging assistant commissioners throughout the South to fill in the gap wherever. Local laws failed to marry couples and record them. In most cases, the Bureau kept records of ceremonies performed by clergy and civil officials and served as and served as officiants themselves. Okay, um, I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the next the next thing I took a picture of the next slide. See, are you able to follow along on, on YouTube, Dijon? No, like I said, I don't have um, access to the internet right now. Okay. Um, it said, uh, I'm, I'm reading this next one. It says, that did not apply to white women. A wife must, must do her very best to help her husband make a living. She can earn as much money sometimes as he can, and she can save money. The need for freed people to be instructed in dominant gender norms was a common refrain. White men felt compelled to reinforce the, the importance of male dominated families and households as they talked to freedmen. Ministers, missionaries, and Republican Party operatives advised black men on how to keep their women in check. Several speakers have been here who have advised the people to get the women in their proper place. Never to tell them anything of their concern, etc., etc., and the notion of being bigger than women generally is just now inflating the conceit of the males to an um, awaiting degree, noted one dis- disapproving female missionary in post war South Carolina. She mocked what she perceived as as a foolish mimicry. Political freedom they are they are rather shy of and ignorant of, but domestic freedom, the right just found to have their own way in their family and rule their wives, that is an inestimable privilege. Meaning that you can't even you can't even quantify how that made the men feel when they were when they were able to be dominant and domineering over the woman. That's what this is talking about, and this is why I said in my video, black men, what about we? What are we going to do? That as black men, we should have understood that that wasn't going to work. We should have understood that following the, the patriarchal template of, uh, of white men and of the larger white male dominated society wasn't going to work for us because we did not have the power that white men had. We didn't have that power. You see what I'm saying? And the truth of the matter is, is, is that the power struggle that we see taking place within the black community, within the black family, it, it's not new. It is not something new. This is a, this is an old dynamic that keeps that keeps rearing its ugly head now you know i, I have some more stuff i want to read too because i, I and, and because i'm gonna i'm going to um cross-reference this with e franklin First, let me see what some of these other slides say that i, I took pictures of but but you know like bjs and a lot of these other people they're, they're sweeping down this matriarchy and you know what here's the profound question and i'm talking i'm talking to everyone in the chat room hey how you doing Ms. akita here's the profound question if the black community and the black family has always been a matriarchy. How could feminism destroy your home? That means a woman was already in power. Think about that. And I, want, I would like BGS and, and all, these other, all these other characters to answer that, answer that question. If the black family and the black community has always been a matriarchy and matriarchal, how could feminism destroy your home? That's a, that 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 that's a simple question. I w- I would like them to answer that. You know what I'm saying?
3: Give me an answer,
2: baby. You see? All right. Let me see what else. Let me see what else I got right here. And also,
4: um, Man and Maribel was talking about that in his book called um,
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, on how capitalism Undeveloped Black America. That that the working class after emancipation, the Black working class women was actually going out there working.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And 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 that has always been the thing that th- that this you know black women have always had to do both.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Most definitely. You know, you see what I'm saying? And 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 that is and that is what we have to understand. So trying to you know this thing where where you know because you and and it's not, and and don't get me wrong, it's not all black men, but it's enough black men. It's enough black men mm-hmm. that it has created this entire dynamic. It has created mm-hmm. this entire dynamic, and we, haven't, we have yet to even to get into um, the, the, the biblical and, 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 and Christian um, connection, because the fact of the matter is that the seat of patriarchy within the black community has always been the Christian church, and the Christian church has been the focal point of black life in America. So how is, so how is the black community a matriarchy? Sure. The pews might be filled up with women, but those women are there serving who? Who are those women they're serving in the Christian church? They're, 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 you know, historically, they've been in that Christian church serving the black pastor or the black preacher who gets his power from the white icon, Christ. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's where that's where he gets his. That's where he derives his power from—the power that is vested in him, from that white iconography of Christ. You see what I'm saying? So, the, so, so oh, the church has been has been the seat of patriarchal power and authority within the black community. And it's not to say, oh, and it's not to say that that there isn't merit within those puritanical ideals, ideals and values, but we should have understood because of our, the, uh, the, you know, our military, military dominance and ineptitude and our political dominance and ineptitude that that wasn't going to work. We were on borrowed time, you know, following that model because, because we just don't, we don't have the power to do that. And what I find perplexing is that there seems to be this sense from many black men, Dijon, that we want the same same treatment that white men get from white women when we haven't done what white men have done we have yet we have yet to effectively build anything we have yet to effectively establish you know ourselves as as i call it the global the 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 seat of global manhood we run no industry what industry do we run but yet we want to sit up here and talk about how we're men just the other day uh two black girls on a train were, were attacked by a white supremacist male. That is an indictment of, of black manhood. We have to understand that. And the truth of the matter is that now is that so many black men have disconnected themselves from the, from the condition of the black woman and black children that, that we don't, they, they're not even in the fight. They don't even see it as an issue for them. And not only when it comes to black women and black children, but when it comes to other black men, we're so disconnected and disjointed as a people that we don't have this. We don't really have this real sense of of collectiveness or 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 a real sense of community. We see ourselves, especially a lot of the men, we see ourselves as individuals and free agents to do and operate any way we will and do it and do whatever we list. Irregardless of how harmful it is to the black community, the black collective, and the black family. And I
4: like to touch on that because yeah, go also ahead. Also, we need to get on we need to get on these Crips and Bloods out there that's that's terrorizing mm-hmm. the community as well because they could be the security force. Like you say, we need right. protection from the men from the men that could protect the entire community. But instead, right. you you repping Crips and Bloods, and I wear this color, and you wear that color, and I don't like you stepping on my J so I'm gonna shoot you and whatnot. That's not really conducive to black progress. And like you said, right. we don't own any type of industries, no type of manufacturing. So how can the black man have the audacity to say that we have power in this country? Mm-hmm. And we don't own nothing. Everything we got right. we get it from our oppressors.
2: Exactly. Exactly. We we we're we're the major consumers and the minor producers within this capitalist system. And when that is the reality, what that does is it situates you and orients you at the bottom of the socioeconomic spectrum. And this is something I keep saying, that we're going to be a permanent underclass if we don't do something quickly. Most well, yeah. that's, rea- that, that's the reality. If we don't do something quickly, we're going to be a permanent underclass. And the ironic thing about it is that uh, that permanent underclass is going to be comprised mostly of the men. Mm -hmm. you know i I did a video on that you know a couple of days ago um that where they're projecting that um you know for the first time black female labor force participation is going to eclipse black male labor force participation you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and and, and so you know this is where you know where we are now now let me i'm I'm gonna read this this last slide from this book um because you know it has something pertinent in it that I, that I want to bring out. It says a broad consensus emerged in the post war South that the state of black family life needed to be repaired and reversed from its antebellum misformation. Friends and foes, whites and blacks alike, repeatedly referenced marriage under slavery as being unknown, very loosely defined, and little regarded by the masters and slaves ex-slaves centered their new status after emancipation and had to become accustomed to a set of rules about morality that focused on the ideas of respectability and sexual propriety. The common perception mm-hmm. of ex-slaves was that they were, that they accepted out of wedlock births as the norm. You see that? So, so, so you mm-hmm. see, you see, you see that theme, there's this consistent theme that, that, that has been pushed this perception and this um, stigma that has been pushed on black people and especially the black woman. Um, It says, except that out of wedlock births as the norm, took up frequent, took up frequently with mates and left each other easily as enslaved life had left few alternatives. Some observers acknowledge that ex-slaves eagerly embraced the new decree to marry, but many were struck by the reluctance of some to tie the knot. Women were perceived to be more eager than men to take advantage of the formalization of marital bonds because they offered legal protection. You see that? So what that's saying is that that's saying that the women the women were eager to get married so they could be protected, and it was it was the mm-hmm. men who had this who had this level of ambivalence to getting married. But when you mm-hmm. listen to these brothers talk today, they'll make you think it was the other way around. And I'm like, man, are, y- are, y- are y'all serious? like y'all 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 gonna legit sit up here and try and try and pass this off with a straight face this farce you see what i'm saying and like i said we haven't even gotten to um you know e franklin frazier and 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 his um his writings on it let me see if i can find it right quick because that's something i want to talk about um i don't know why let me see because i know i sent it to myself what's this I don't know how I sent 10 attachments. I must have sent them by mistake. And I,
4: and I was listening to a brother the other day talk about how if we're going to form any type of nationhood, whether it's here or abroad, I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to have to be the black men that's going to have to step up and get their stuff together because, I mean... The right. If they
3: get their stuff together, the women are going to automatically
4: follow it.
2: Right. Hmm? Yeah. Hello? Who you at? Hello? Yeah, yeah. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, yeah, so I'm like I'm getting ready to read uh, go ahead.
4: Like I was saying, if there's a scarcity of black men in the neighborhood that's protecting and providing, then I mean what what are our women gonna follow? So we right. gotta set the primary example of what real what genuine manhood is in our community.
3: Mm hmm.
2: Yep. Um, now look, this right here is this is a chapter out of E. Franklin Frazier's book, the Negro, *The Negro Family*, and as you can see, the title of this chapter is "The Downfall of the Matriarch." That is the title of this chapter. You see what I'm saying? Now mm-hmm. I'm going to read this, and in the chat room, chat room, I want y- I want y'all to see this. I'm going to read this because BGS and a lot of these other men swear up and down that it was a, that it was a matriarchy and it's, it's been a matriarchy matriarchy from the beginning. But then they'll then they'll turn right around and say feminism destroyed the home. If the if the family has always been matri- uh, a matriarchy and matriarchal, how can feminism destroy it then? If anything, that was just that would just reinforce the matriarchy. So that makes no that makes absolutely zero sense. But let, let's read this right quick. It says a worker among the freedmen during the Civil War observed that many men were exceedingly jealous of their newly acquired authority in family relations and insisted upon a recognition of their superiority over women see that you see mm-hmm. that this this is why there is this fever pitch from a lot of brothers when they, when they talk about submission when they talk about black women won't submit enough when they talk about black women aren't submissive enough what you really mean is that black women aren't european enough because uh, you know a mm-hmm. lot of the schisms that took place within black male, female relationships was, was from black men trying to get black women to, to, to fit into a, a, a um the definition of a Eurocentric concept of what femininity is. And okay. and that was, that was, that was a point of contention I had when I was on obsidian's radio show. Cause they're going to sit up there and try and tell me that femininity is universal. So that is a lie. What, what is considered feminine in Europe is not the same thing as considered feminine in Asia or feminine in Africa. So, so it's not universal that is a lie and 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 it's the same thing with um with matriarchy but let's keep reading it says it was not unnatural that men whose authority over their wives and their children had been subject at all times to their master's will and limited by the woman's more fundamental claim upon her children should have exhibited considerable self-consciousness in their new role so that meant that men had a certain complex this is what this is what e franklin frazier is saying the men had a certain complex when it came Mm -hmm. to that when it came to this newfound authority that they had there was a certain complex that they were self-conscious about it it was a weak point you see what i'm saying let me keep reading It, it says but it required something more concrete than the mere formal recognition of the man's superior position to give substance to his authority in the family and to create in him a permanent interest in marriage, meaning that's why the man was interested in marriage but then when I said that the other day BGS gonna tell me I'm lying when I said that the other a chat room, when I said that the other day BGS said that said that I was talking about you know, toxic masculinity now here (coughs) Excuse me. Now here is E. Franklin Frazier, almost a hundred years ago. Don't it sound like he's describing toxic masculinity? Then I'm not saying oh, this, this is what this man is saying, but they gonna, they're gonna shit them trying to talk about men. You're saying that you're saying that from feminism, I, I, and that's why that's what like I said earlier. They use the word feminism to deflect from you know, real concrete issues that exist within the black community and the black family dynamic and that exists within the black male psychology because many of these men have internalized white male patriarchal values and they have internalized the myth of white womanhood. So it has nothing to do with feminism. This is the reality. Now let's keep reading. It says a former slave who began life as a freedman on a one horse farm with his wife working as a laundress, but later rented land and hired two men recalls the pride, which he felt because of his new status. And it, it, it quotes in my humble palace on a hill in the woods beneath the shade of towering pines and sturdy oaks. I felt as a King whose Supreme commands were law and gospel to my subjects. Whether or not these reflections after a lapse of 30 years were a true representation of the feelings of of a Negro husband suddenly possessed of undisputed authority in his household, they nevertheless describe the condition under which male, male ascendancy very often became established in the family. In this family, as in other families, in which we have been able to trace the process by which the Negro man acquired a permanent interest in his family and assumed, of, and assumed a position of authority, it appears that the subordination of the, women, of the woman... Let me see if there's some more on there. Okay, that was... Let me see. Read some more. Let me get the next slide. Dang, this one kind of far away. Um... Okay, it says, their own efforts for the support of themselves and their children, their, their ranks were swelled by other women who, when seeking sex, sexual gratification outside of marriage, found themselves in a similar situation without the assistance of a husband or a father of their children. These women were forced to return to the plow of the white man's kitchen in order to make a livelihood for their families from that, from that time to the present day, as we have seen in the recordings. Uh, in the preceding chapter, each generation of women following in the footsteps of their mothers has borne a large share of support of the younger generation. Today in the rural section of the South, especially on the remnants of of the old plantations, one finds households where, only, where old grandmothers rule their daughters and grandchildren with matriarchal authority. Sometimes their authority dates from the days following emancipation when in wandering about the country, they found their first child. It is of course difficult to get a precise measure of the extent of these maternal households in the Negro population. The 1940 census showed a larger proportion of families with women heads among Negroes than among whites in both rural and urban areas of the South. Moreover, it also appeared that in the Southern cities, a large proportion of Negro families were under the authority of a woman than in rural areas. In the urban areas of Southern states, um, of the of the southern state, 31.1% of the Negro families were without male heads, while the proportion for rural non-farm areas was 22.5%. Now, see, they're trying to make you seem—they're trying to tell you like that 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 didn't start happening until welfare. You see that? That's way <laughs> in 1940 that the man talking about this—that you that that in the southern cities you had up to 31% of uh, uh, of households that was female-headed. So what the hell y'all talking about? exactly what are y'all talking about and then even in the rural areas which were more conducive to a to family life because of the agricultural um you know the agricultural um you know culture they was it was they they, they was twenty two point five percent of of female headed households and and that's something I always say because what these brothers would do they'll look at the marriage rates. But marriage rate does not equate to, a, to to family structure. That's what we have to realize. Marriage rate does not equate to family structure, especially back in that time. Because the census has always had a certain level of error within it. And and, and many times they, they, they would get married, but because of the strain of white supremacy and the stresses and the forces of white supremacy that are exerted on the male, the family, the, the they would separate or the man would desert or they would get a divorce. And this is something that that Dr. Frances Cress Wilson talks about in her book, uh, The Isis Papers, how that they incorrectly call this a matriarchy when what it is is it is an imbalance created by the system of white supremacy, from the pressure and forces that is exerted upon the male because the male is the target. And so when you put it within that context, this is a failed patriarchal state that we're dealing with. And that is not necessarily an indictment of the men. But it's, it's just like when I did my show a few weeks ago, Design. I talked about black male ownership being, you know, being restored within the black community. If we don't take ownership of it as men, then how is it ever going to change? When we have a built-in excuse mechanism and we can scapegoat black women and we can talk about you know, welfare and feminism, then we'll never really deal with these issues. We'll never really deal with these issues. And this is what a lot exactly. of these brothers do. You see what I'm saying? What? What's and some also, of your thoughts on it?
4: And then also, Francis Cress Wilson was talking about the homosexuality and the bisexuality of men. Mm-hmm. We're doing that in, in, in reference to the fear that we have of our oppressors. See, we right. never talk about the homosexuality with the black men as well. Men, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing that... Um, to as a mechanism to um, go against what our fear of the white-dominant um, white male structure.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: So, I mean, so we use our women as a way to deflect from the fact that we don't have no power and we're being subjugated by this system
2: of white supremacy. Exactly. exactly. That, and and it's, that's exactly it. Instead of just you know, bringing it, you know, facing it, and dealing with it, and devising a real strategy to, to to combat it effectively. And see, that's what I said. Like, what 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 these men will do? They will, you know, they make, you know, black women synonymous with white supremacy, so they can so they can say by default they're fighting they're fighting white supremacy by fighting black women. That's essentially mm-hmm. what you have. You see what I'm saying? Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. That
2: that is that is essentially what you have going on. They're more interested in, in fighting black women than they are in fight in actually fighting the system of white supremacy. And so they and so they make the black woman, the black female, synonymous with white supremacy so they can fight her by default. It's cowardice. And that's why that's why I can't in good conscience co sign it, because I know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Somebody, Ladybug Ross said, America, let's keep, let's keep reading. Okay, Akita, hold on. She said, turn up blog talk. Hold on, let me see. All right, let me see, Akita. That's my that's tech helper. <laughs> right, let me see. Turn it up. I don't know how to turn it up. What you mean, turn but it yeah, up? I, uh, but it, you got to go?
4: Yeah, most definitely. I definitely appreciate you allowing me to um, take time yeah. to be on the show. I definitely...
2: Um, okay, shout
4: out to the audience out there and yeah. most, most definitely see y'all holler let y'all
2: later. Okay, alright. And and you know we, we got that um that panel discussion coming up, so you know you'll be on there. Most definitely. Can't
4: okay, wait. I appreciate right you coming on. on. All right.
2: Yeah. All right. Let me see. Um hold on, let me try to turn it up, Ms. Akita. I don't know why it's oh shit. But I, um, the calling number is 646-564-9858. If, any, if anybody want to call up, they have a question or a comment they want to add to the discussion. Um, we have 45 minutes left. So, you know, what do you guys think about the information that has been presented so far? See, because what happened, you know, I, it was something, hold on, because you know what? There are some guys I want to call out. All the man, the guys, and all these other black men siding with the white power structure against Monique. This has been the reality of the way the power dynamics have always played themselves out, where the black woman is at the bottom, and and she's isolated. This has always been the reality. All of a sudden, all of all, when it when when it comes when it comes to black men, it's race first. But then when it comes to the sisters, it's oh, we got to wait and see. You're just not as qualified as Amy Schumer. You're not as you're, <clears throat> excuse me. You're not as qualified as white women and black men and white men. thats That was the message of what they were conveying. They were willing to give the white, the white um, power structure the benefit of the doubt when it came to the issue of, of Monique getting paid. So let's not act like there isn't validity to what this sister is saying in this letter that was written in 1968. Let's be intellectually honest here when it comes to these issues. It says, um, historically, the myth in the black world is that there are only two free people in the United States, the white man and the black woman. That's something that Tariq Nasheed always says. On his video, when he made the asinine assertion that white women were more oppressed than black women, this is, that is exactly the, the um, lens he was coming from this idea and this notion that white men and black women have been the only two free people. Right. This is, this is what they say. They say that, that the white man and the black woman have been the only two free people. Okay. If that's the case, then why y'all always pointing to the loving V Virginia uh, Supreme court case? If if there's any truth to that, the white, they wouldn't have had to go to Supreme court to, to, to get married. Now would they? So, so, the, so the loving V Supreme court case, debunks that assertion. Excuse me. This is where critical thinking skills come in.
3: All
2: right, hold on. Hold on one second.
3: All right, hold, hold on.
2: Okay, um, all right, let me get back to what I was saying uh yeah the the myth she says the myth was established by black by the black man and the long period of his frustration when he longed to have to be free to have the material and social advantages of his oppressor, the white man on examination of the myth, this so called freedom was based on the sexual prerogatives taken by the white man on the black female, which is absolutely true because the white male has, ha- has always had access to the black woman. He's always had access to the black woman. And this is why they like, they'll try and they'll try and say like, you know, black women have always been dealing with white men. Sisters was getting raped from white men as if they really could, you know, as if they could really resist. But, you know, it, it was good that Cynthia did the research, and she actually shows how that there were three attempts by black men, excuse me, in the late 1800s to attempt to marry white women before the loving before the, the loving case ever, ever was even thought of um, in the Supreme Court. It was black men who were trying first, fresh off the plantation. I think the first case was in 1880. So that's what—fifteen years after the Emancipation Proclamation. You see? Hold on, one second. So, 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 how, how, how is the sound still sounding good? Derek Wright, do you want to call in? Cuz I I noticed you you you've been saying some stuff too like you wanted to, you know, like you wanted to have a, uh, you know, an intellectual discussion. I mean, you can call up trying to see if Derek want to call up because he. he I, I think he even inboxed me one time. Asia former, what video y'all talking about? Crystal Blue said Derek is trolling. <laughs> No, that's his be- That's his best bet. Cause like I said, he he can get this work. All right, let me let me finish reading. Let me finish reading this right quick. Cause I- I-, I I let me see how much time I got on the blog talk site. Wait, where is it? Where's my blog talk at? Okay, there it is. Okay, hold on. I got a caller. Let me see who this is. Hold on. Yeah, caller. Oh,
3: uh, Big J here.
2: Uh, Big J. What you want, Big J?
3: So, I love, I love how you try to frame frame your argument, and um uh, mm-hmm. some of what you're saying is true, but yet though your premise is kind of wrong because uh, I just want to know what is the context of of this interracial dating and um uh, and what you talk talk talking about, sir? Because uh, what you mean what's Because the- according, according to uh according to doctor uh Travis L. Dixon, uh your mm. analysis of 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 today for the past thirty mm. years is wrong. Cause, and, and because for, okay. cause, cause, cause according according to doctor Travis L. Dixon from the uh Illinois I forgot what school it is it is is a mm. University of Illinois, uh just proves his point that black men are actually leaving the kids what you saying just 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 because the black man is not in the house doesn't mean though he's leaving the kids
2: i never I, I i never said that that's the that's the assertion that those who who come from your ilk are making that's the assertion who, that they're
3: who, making who is and who is my ilk
2: um, people like Obsidian, uh, other nope. members of the manosphere, nope. Nope. um, uh, what's his uh, name? Um, uh, I don't, I don't uh, claim, yes? I don't claim the black man- manosphere. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you two aren't, aren't aligned ideologically, aren't, aren't aligned, um, you know, ideologically though. You see what no, I'm saying? No, Y'all still pro, basically have no, the same ideology.
3: Pro, no, I am pro straight male. And uh, okay. for the past forty years forty fifty years all all straight men has been attacked by feminists and, and those and those who believe in the gynocracy
2: now okay uh, and, now,
3: now if we if we, if we, if we go if we gonna sit there and use and use this analogous to this analysis that that in eighteen ninety uh black men was trying to marry white women in eighteen ninety that now I, if we're gonna use context of time then I can bring up Mary C. 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 Colt of 1840-1850 or uh, mm-hmm. I could use Julie Chen. Uh mm-hmm. so I mean a slave girl who married a white man who became vice president of the United States.
2: And what and what year was that?
3: Oh uh, w- uh that was 1820
2: something. 1820 something? Yeah. Um well the first um you know interracial couple in in this country was actually a black indentured male slave and it was a white a, a white european indentured female slave I, her name was Sarah uh i can't remember her name but it that was in 1680 and you can google that so uh, okay. i mean
3: and then there's the book called daughters of of the trade which was proposed by the university uh, P- pennsylvania which also mm-hmm. kind of just dis- kind of somewhat just dis- disproved what, what you're talking about because certain women was also married to uh Euro- european men so you know what i'm gonna hang up on that while i'm sat down on your lap
2: i'm out okay all right <laughs> like i said like 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 i said in a the, in the system of white supremacy let's not act like if if the men were were so dominated to the point that they could be bed broken i mean buck broken then what 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 chance did the scissors have to resist you see what i'm saying so ultimately it's still gonna it's still gonna go back to that you know ultimately um now big j kind of took me off of what i was about to do um let me see hold on i can't remember what i was oh yeah i was reading that letter hold on i gotta find it what did i there it is All right, it says, um, the myth. Okay, hold on, this this is Cynthia. Hold on, let me see. (laughs)
3: Hold on, guys.
2: Hold on one second. All right, let me finish. Let me, let me, let me read. Let me, let me get through this. Cause I only got like 10, 15 minutes left. It says the black woman, it says historically the myth in the black world is that there are only two free people in the United States, the white man and the black woman. The myth was established by the black man in the long period of his frustration when he longed to be free to have the material and social advantages of his oppressor, the white man. On examination of the myth, this so-called freedom was based on the sexual prerogatives taken by the white man on the black female. It was fantasized by the black man that she enjoyed it. The black woman was needed and valued by the white female as a domestic. The black female diluted much of the actual oppression of the white female by the white male, With the help of the black woman, the white woman had free time from mother and housewife responsibilities and could escape her domestic prison overseered by the white male. That is absolutely true. Up until affirmative action, 60 percent of black women worked as domestic workers. They worked as domestic servants. They would work in the homes of these white women, and many of those sisters would be sexually harassed and sexually assaulted. That, that is a fact and, and, and a reality. Um, it says, the poor black woman, woman still occupies the position of domestic in this society, rising no higher than public welfare, when the frustrated male deserts her and the children. Public welfare was instituted primarily for poor whites during the Depression of the 30s to stave off their rising revolutionary violence. It was considered as a temporary stopgap only. The poor black male deserted the poor black female and fled to the cities where he made his living by his wits and hustling. The black male did not question the kind of society he lived in, other than on the basis of racism. Meaning that for the black male, it was only about race. This way, they, they do that today. They'll tell you it's, it's, it's racism first. They'll make you think that intersectionality isn't real, as if white male hegemony isn't a multi-layered um, exercise and function in oppression. So it's classism sexism and racism that is absolutely true that's not some feminist trope that is true because white men even oppress other white men based upon class lines because originally at the founding of this country only wealthy white male landowners could vote and had suffrage rights poor poor white men did not have the right to vote and did not have land ownership rights so that is not that is not some feminist um concoction like these these fake pro blacks would have you believe that is a lie um let me finish reading it says the poor black woman still occupies the position of the of a domestic in the society rising no higher than public welfare when the frustrated male deserts her and the children Public welfare was instituted primarily for poor whites during the depression of the 30s to stave off their rising revolutionary violence. It was considered as a temporary stopgap only. The poor poor black male deserted the poor black female and fled to the cities where he made his living by his wits and hustling. The black male did not question the kind of society he lived in other than on the basis of racism. The white man won't let him up because I'm black. Sound familiar? does that sound familiar she goes on other rationalizations included blaming the black woman which has been a much described phenomenon see that blaming the black woman which has been a which which has been a much described phenomenon they do that now they they are blaming sisters now y'all asses getting gunned down by police every goddamn day in the street you're being funneled into prisons you're, you're you're being excluded from the job market from the labor market and somehow it's the black woman's fault okay hold on guys yeah because since they're gonna call in it says um The black man wanted to take the master's place and all that went with it. Simultaneously, the poor black woman did not question the social and economic system. She saw her main problem as described in the accompanying article, social, economic, and psychological oppression by the black man. But awareness in this case has moved to a second phase and exposes an important fact in the whole process of oppression. It takes two to oppress a proper dialectical perspective to examine at this point in our movement An examination of the process of oppression in any or all of its forms. So simply that at least two parties are involved. The need for the white man, particularly to oppress others his reveals his own anxiety and inadequate, and inadequacy about his own maleness and humanity. Many black male writers have eloquently analyzed this social and psychological fact. Generally, a feeling of inadequacy can be traced to all those who desperately need power and authority over others throughout history. So see what she's saying? What she's saying is because many of these black men have, this inferiority complex and this sense of inadequacy to the white male, they'll seek to they'll seek to control and dominate the black woman. The the one group that is beneath them socially. Now, this is my first time reading this. And this is something that I've been saying, not because it's no feminist hive of mine, but I can see I, I, I can see it. I can diagnose it from the social dynamics in real time. I see them doing this. This is why these men talk about weave. That's why they talk about weave. That is why they focus on the black the black female, the black woman. That is why. And this was written in nineteen sixty eight, and as y'all can see, not much has changed. And as I said in my in my um Okay, here is here, Cynthia. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's Hi. up, Cynthia?
0: <laughs>
2: what's going on?
0: Nothing. Um, I was actually just distracted for a little bit because there's a fire somewhere over here, not in my apartment complex, but close to it. But, um, okay. you know, the the interesting thing in your topic because I have been listening, um, in while I was waiting. And mm-hmm. I, I think at this point, there shouldn't even be a question about whether or not we're dealing with men, because what, what are they, what, what are the masses? And when I say black men, I, I obviously don't mean all of them. I know that there are some who, who are men, obviously, but right. the the better question would be, why would we even consider them men? These are not men. These are children. And I don't think that there's anything that they're doing Um, that would indicate being men. Now, whether they're acting as males, yeah, they are, because they engage in, you know, sex, and that shows that they're males. But the reality of it is these are men. Men do not deflect from their their failures by talking about weave and makeup. And and we know this because we only see one group of men doing this. We only see one group of men who think that the solution to their problems right now is to demean their women. Rather than mm-hmm. to unite with them, because just like how you said that, you know, black women are doing better than black men, and so in anybody's rational mindset, especially during in a system of of white supremacy, that should make them go gravitate more towards their women, build, right, so that they can come out of oppression rather than sitting here in one breath saying that they are men and they're not submitting, and then in the next breath saying white men won't allow me to do this. If somebody is preventing you from acting on your own free will that makes you less than if mean, you're not even there's no question if you've been a man at that point you're a slave Right. because you're you do, acting how you want to depends on another man and this is something mm-hmm. that they're not getting in their heads and it, and it's getting and to be honest like I, it, I it's so discouraging right now to see mm-hmm. um, the so-called men in our community behaving this way. They, it, it's right. very discouraging. It's very, very discouraging. Right. When you have white supremacists who have no problem slitting a black woman's throat in public,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then you have dudes making comments like that trash comment that you showed me on social media, right. That's, that's mm-hmm. it's not even a question at this point. We're not dealing no, with me
2: exactly exactly and 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 that is you know that's that that's the reality man and that that is the reality and this thing where we must constantly coddle and um you know coddle the black male ego and you know because what you know what the sense i get is a lot of these men and this is something i get from bgs because i was watching your video uh your response to his response video that you that about the video you made when you when you asked the, you posed a question should black women respect black men and his entire presentation was just based off the fact that they deserve to be respected just because they're black males. It's not because and I
0: literally they said be and and, and the, the funny thing is is in the video I said what reasons should black women respect you aside from you just being black and a male so right. The BTS is, is just a mush mouth idiot he's not an
2: intellectual
0: he's stupid <laughs> <laughs> he's a
2: dumb idiot right. I can't <laughs> yeah and, and, and you, know, to, you know watching his video I, I must say that I was insulted um, and the reason why is because a lot of these men do not want um, a quantifiable standard of what it means to be a black man what does black manhood um look like what does it stand for what is its function what is its purpose you see what i'm saying a, a lot of them just want they don't want to live up have to live up to any standards the only thing they the, the, what they want to be the qualifier is i'm a black male and you're a black female so i'm i'm, I'm automatically over you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a superior position over you because I'm a male. It's not about being effective as a male. I mean, as a man, it's not about protecting, providing, um, you know, laying your life down for the, for the greater good of the community, um, nation building or any of these other things, any of these other tangible quantifiable metrics that other male groups, you you know, subscribe to. And, 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 and that, to me indicates the state of the psychological state of mind of a group of men who are psychologically demand and they are castrated psychologically and when that is the reality, then it means uh that any type of revolution is um is impossible to obtain when 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 that is the thought process and the mentality of the lion's share of men.
0: Well, and, and you're proving that because when you go over these old letters and old documents that shows that the mindset of black men 40 and 50 years ago is the same mm-hmm. as it is today, and they're using right. the exact same excuses, it shows mm-hmm. that not only are they psychologically demanded, but they're a very low intellect, and they're not catching on. They don't have the ability to learn. Because anybody right. that goes over those historical do- Those, those um, cases Where you're talking about how Black women were assessing the men During the civil rights And, and really complaining about the same thing That black women That's today are, are complaining about It shows mm-hmm. that they're not able to to Connect their men- the mentality Of the past and the condition of the past to the mentality of today and the condition right. of today and see that there right. is no progress. So they're right. not even just psychologically demand. This is about remedialness. Some neurons <laughs> are not firing because the reality of it is there. Right. there's some black men who are doing well for themselves. You are one of them where you can step up right. to the plate, be a man, protect and provide for your family. So right. if you see that there's black men within this society, they can have the appropriate mentality because some of them do then for the rest of them, they're just to me, you're willingly choosing to be retarded at this point. There, mm. A lot of them are making the choice and the decision to. They don't know how to be men. And really, at this point, black women would, would, would accept it better if they were like, hey, we don't know how to be men. We've never known how to be men because we're in a system of white supremacy and we're very scared of our oppressor and we don't know how to get out of the oppression. <laughs> we would accept that more right. than this dumb bullshit that they're giving us now talking about the 1960s. You weren't around in the 1960s, right. so you you couldn't exactly. even use that as an excuse. It's like we're tired of hearing about welfare that a lot of us ain't even on. We're tired of mm-hmm. hearing about feminism that we didn't claim. We're tired of hearing that the that the the welfare put you out of the home. If welfare, if somebody was able to put you out of your home as a man, then you weren't fit to be the man of any house anyway. Because then somebody right. can just come put you out whenever they want to. Men don't allow that to happen. And that's why it's right. not happening to anyone else.
2: Right. Exactly exactly that's that's um you know that's that's absolutely correct, and it's it's sad because the the you know you know i'm I'm coming to the conclusion that any type of progress or real change is is you know unfortunately like it's going it's gonna be left up to the sisters, you know what I'm saying, yeah. um and I think that that's one silver lining like when we talk about the single mother race and stuff like that, that is one silver lining um within that is that the sisters have a golden opportunity to you know, rear up that, that warrior class and that leader class of men, because unfortunately I think the damage is, is is too severe at this point for these, for the men that's walking around right now. Um, a lot of these men have internalized a lot of, a lot of, you know, white supremacist, um, ideologies and a lot of white supremacist toxicity as it relates to black women. See, they'll readily give, uh, you know, other black men a pass for their indiscretions Mm -hmm. and for their failures, but then when it comes to, they want to hold, they essentially want to hold the women to a higher standard that they're holding the men. And the, and I think but that that is the
0: Even this whole thing where they're like, oh, oh, we're holding black women accountable. We're holding black women accountable. It doesn't matter how much you hold black women accountable while you're in a system of white supremacy. Why don't you hold your oppressor accountable first? And then go with black women because black women cannot stop you and did not make white men start oppressing you. So, why don't you deal with that first? Because you're the one, they're the ones running around talking about white men won't allow me to do this, the white man won't allow me to do that, we can't fight. Okay, so you're not an effective man. You're talking about all this stuff you can't do as a man, and then you, in the same breath, want us to respect you as a man. That's not reality. And it doesn't make sense that. We have to go. We have to continue to hear this stupidity. It's like really, it is. It, right. it hurts me. Like it, it really is. There isn't going to be a revolution. There
2: isn't. Right. Uh, yeah. At, at at this point, um, you can you know you can forget it at this point, man. I, I you know it's it's um, it's just too far gone. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's unfortunate. And 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 a, and a lot of the, I think a lot of these guys they they like it like this man they don't want to have to live up to any standards they they like um, I was trying to see something they like having you know having sisters right where they have them because they know that because of the gender asymmetry and the the relationship dynamics it it gives them easier access to what they really want and what they really want is you know sex from the women and i a lot of the that's a lot of that's what a lot of them care about they don't even care about you know the condition of the family or any of these other things they only care about that, and I'm like and that's why i I'm getting on' them because it's too late in the day for that you know what I'm saying it's too late in the day for that here we are um you know standing on a precipice of oblivion and you and we still playing the men's the men are still playing still playing the same old games. Pushing the same old uh, rhetoric and concepts from from forty fifty years ago—it's ridiculous.
0: But you see how there there are none of their narratives that like they say everything that they say to avoid taking accountability for anything, no matter how dumb and contradictory it sounds. Because you know, like that dude, um, the Mugabe dude that was on that that post that you put on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. Where he started commenting about interracial dating. Then thing right. didn't even realize he contradicted himself several times throughout it. How like, are you on here posting stuff about loving versus Virginia? But then when someone counters and shows you that black men have been um petitioning the, the Supreme Court and actually really getting laws laws changed, because let's just be real out of those three cases that black men were taking to the supreme Court to the Supreme Court in different states to get interracial dating laws passed, two of them actually right. got passed. Mm. They just didn't get it overturned globally. That happened with black right. versus Virginia, but they were getting laws changed so that they could um be with white women so my question is why are you not getting laws changed so you don't have to be mass incarcerated why are you not mm-hmm. getting laws changed so that you don't have to be paid a working wage that doesn't allow you to support your family why are you right. if you feel like welfare puts you out of the home why are you not holding the government accountable for giving welfare to your women why are you not put, holding them accountable and so We're not buying it that you think you're just going to hold black women accountable and and you're going to make us somehow believe that you're doing something towards white supremacy, but you're skimming over the system of white supremacy. It doesn't work like that. We're tired of hearing it. You can't sit up Mm -hmm. here and post something about interracial dating then say, oh, well, black men always had access to white women. Really, dummy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then so would have black right, women. Right. Then. So why, right. if, if black men always had access to white women, why would they? Why was there? Why they wouldn't have even been Loving versus Virginia? You wouldn't have been getting strong exactly. up the trees. Like the level of delusion is is just is too much. Like it's, right. it's too delusional
2: right and 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 even like those like anytime they dealt with a white woman it was taking a risk you know what i'm saying let's let's be real it wasn't open it wasn't open access where it was where the white men was going for and were accepting it you see what i'm saying i mean look at what they did uh to um what's that jack johnson when they when they when they passed the man act all because of because of him you see what i'm saying so you can do it but you wasn't gonna get away with it you see what i'm saying that that was the whole thing
0: Right. And, well, the thing of it is, is how, what does having access mean? Because then we can, then mm-hmm. with that same logic, we can say black men always had ac- access to weapons. So right. why are they still sitting in a system <laughs> of white supremacy? Because they really do. You, They really do. You shouldn't be talking about what black men access to everything that you need. So why right. are you still being dominated? Why are you still being mass incarcerated? Why are you complaining that other people won't let you do do stuff? You have access to weapons. So because you right, have right. access to what problem solved, no excuses, you should be doing what you should be doing then.
2: Right. Exactly. That's it. That's, um, it's
0: like we don't have time to be sitting up here dealing with these these excuses. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. I believe that men don't make excuses for their failures. They correct them. That's that's what exactly. they do. They they see exactly. where they're going wrong and they correct mm-hmm. them. And that's why and then they have this thing talking about, oh, black women are more susceptible to going to white male ideology, really? But y'all out here creating all these mixed babies with white women, mm-hmm. right? But we're more susceptible to it.
2: But you're exactly, to yeah, get exactly. Get what the white man has. Exactly, and I and, and you know a lot of the information that I read tonight out of that uh, the two sources um, bound out of wedlock by Tira W. Hunter and then. Um, the Negro Family in America by E. Franklin Frazier. It demonstrates that. It demonstrates that the the, the men were more um, gung ho about, you know, accepting uh, white white ideologies so long as it oriented them over the black woman. You see what I'm saying? And that and, and wow. that's why they that's why they, that's why they were getting married like that because through that it it subjugated the black woman to them. See what I'm saying? And then and, and I mean, when I said that. BJ is gonna talk about you talking about toxic masculinity, feminism. So, so what? E. Franklin Frazier was a feminist then. That man wrote that in 1935, and it's, it's not even something that I had read at that point. But you can, you, I mean, you can see it. These things, you can like, you can observe these things play out. You can observe that thought process and that psychology in real time with a lot of these men. A lot of these men orient and and and, and um and quantify their their manhood and their masculinity. As it's juxtaposed to the black woman, period. And so that that that's well, that that's not you know. Go ahead.
0: Let's just say hypothetically, black women are taken out of the picture. Let's just say hypothetically, there is no black women in America. Black men would still be subjugated. <laughs> so the thing of it is, is separate from black women. What are you doing about your position in society? Because you're not going right. to be elevated above white women. If there's no black women, you're not going to be held put in a position above anyone. You're still going to be at the bottom of the barrel. And so it's like your position in society is based on you. We're mm-hmm. simply par for the course. We're simply considered as like a reward for conquering these men. That's that's all we're considered as. You <laughs> know what black women said? If right. Black women said okay, we're going to fight and get out of this oppression, they would be like, oh, no, I think you're going to go back in oppression because there's nobody who can stop us from putting you in there because you don't have any men in your community. We conquered your men, and as long as your men are subjugated, you're going to be subjugated. Or as long as your man separates himself from you and feel as though it's not his responsibility to evaluate, elevate you in society, which he's an idiot because if, right. if he's it, he can't be elevated if his woman isn't elevated, but whatever. Everybody knows that and sees that But people in our community The bottom line is If there was no black woman here You would still be subjugated You're not even doing anything about your subjugation So how are you a man?
2: That's absolutely. You know what? That's, that that then That's that's the nail in their coffin, man. Because like I said, you know, I I, I ran a, a video came up in my feed where it was like a 12 minute video by some some no name clown, you, you know, talking junk. So I was like, man, you know what? When I get a chance, because I was just gonna do like, you know, like make one of my videos, and then then I say, you know what? I'm gonna try and because what you know what I wanted to try and do this Sunday with the you know with the um that has the black community, the black church for the black community. I wanted to try and. Find, on on all three platforms, which was YouTube Live, Blog Talk, and Facebook Live. So you know, this was just a rough draft, but this is not gonna work. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get some type of software where I can stream on all three and where you know it'll all be synced up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and work on that before Sunday. You know, but that's that's why I wanted to have the show. You know what I'm saying? The impromptu show tonight.
0: Yeah, and the thing of it is, is this topic needs to be discussed, and I really wish mm. I was paying attention you know, to my phone earlier because then I would have paid, um, called in earlier but I've just been running around trying to get this right, stuff back have, up but
1: yeah, it yeah, isn't a,
0: is a, a discussion that needs to be talked about and I wish I would have came in earlier because I have so much to say on it. <laughs> and right. Then like, <clears throat> but you know what, you Um,
2: know? I've been talking to, um, you know, my a friend of mine, good friend of mine, Ms. Akita. Um, she's a... Uh, you know, she's real tech savvy. She's, she's, she's actually a director producer. Um, and she, and, you know, and, and she's going to be, you know, helping with the, uh, you know, with, with the documentary that, that I ta- uh, we talked about yesterday. And, um, you yeah. know, it was actually, it was actually her idea. And, and I think that that'll be good, you know, to, to, to help, uh, you know, get more of a, a comprehensive, um, uh, message out there that can have more of an impact and really, Dissipate a lot of this bullshit that these guys like Tommy Sotomayor and others push. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. And so you know we we'll, we'll be working on that. I think they're not understanding how they they think that they're doing something to spite us, but they're actually right. making it harder for themselves and society. because in right. their perspective of what's right and what's wrong, and who's responsible for what they're acting like society runs on their um opinion on it and it doesn't because they don't run society so society was already set saying that the man is, is the lead. The man is responsible for mm-hmm. what his community does and the failures of his community. And to simply ignore that, that doesn't benefit you as a man. It, you could, they could sit up there all day, every day, until their tongues fall out and blame black women for whatever they want to, but it's not going to change their position in society, because they're sitting there acting right. like they're liberated, and we just holding the community back. You're not liberated. You're subjugated. You said yourself, white men mm-hmm. won't allow you to do stuff. So, it doesn't right, matter exactly. what you
2: sit there and say. You study exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. That's absolutely correct. But um, you know, the, the stream cut off, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and end the blog talk here, and then I'm a, I'm a um, you know, I'm a talk on the on the on the Google Hangout for about five more minutes, then I'm gonna go ahead and end it. But I, I appreciate you calling calling in and, and, and giving your insight on it, Sin. Yeah,
0: I'm that I missed most of it.
2: <laughs> and we, you know we going we gonna we going we going we gonna stay at their neck with it man you know we're gonna stay at their neck and then the guy was talking that junk i'm like it, it, we never even had no debate like none of us really you know they want you to come on their platform so they can so they can monopolize the conversation so they can cut off your mic and do i don't have time for that man you got it has to be like a neutral platform and a formal setting with real rules and stuff like that man you know and and then we can chop it up like that. But all that other, I'm not doing that, man, because they because they're really not interested in in actually coming to a consensus and and having a balanced, objective approach to these issues. Anyway, a lot of them are just engaging in demagoguery at the end of the day, and and, they, and because they know that you can create an entire um, internet following off of off of shitting on black women, they know that
0: they sure can that's the thing they they can they already know they can but at the end of the day it's not increasing their position in society and I could see if if something was changing for the black male collective I I could see if you know their narrative was changing something for black men but is is that changing something for the better I would say because things are changing for black men but not for the better and and in the Mm. future it's not going to because they refuse to step up as men, and they refuse to acknowledge that their their failures, more so than anything else, is the reason why we we're experiencing you know the lack of progress in our our community because our men are not experiencing mental um and or intellectual progress.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um. Well, you know, go ahead. I, I hope you get everything situated with your with your moving and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? How much how much more you got left?
0: Well, I have to clean out my entire part my entire apartment
2: and mm-hmm. get
0: all of the stuff packed up <laughs> so that the moving people can come get it. And then, so I just have yeah. so much to do. It's ridiculous
2: yeah that like i said that moving is a chore man so that's a, that's a lot of work man you know a, a, about a year ago i called myself like opening a little moving company man and so i went to move these white people and man let me tell you that shit put it on me man that was a, that was my first and last time doing that i said that's just too much work man <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> so i so I I, I I know what you're going through yeah i, I sympathize you know but um but i, I appreciate you calling in and, and, and you know we'll we'll do it again
0: yeah, I definitely need to listen to that playback too. So, yeah, yeah it, 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 it's it'll always be a fun, there.
2: right? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, man, we could go go for hours, you know, talking about these issues, but because that's how complex they are, you know what I'm saying?
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Right. So exactly. I, I appreciate well, you calling in.
0: All right, I'll see you on the next video. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> Good night. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to The Great Liberator, hosts Amiri Brown and Kenya White. Until next time.